Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the hope that at some point in this season we can pull this together for four quarters and have a freaking win. Is that too much to ask? I know it's no one's fault in particular. I know that CJ Beathard is trying his heart out, so I'm not I'm not one of those 49er faithful fans that sit here and just bash the team. It's not my style. I don't like doing that. There's plenty of 49er faithful fans out there that can do it, and there's plenty of our enemies, our rivals, that will do that for me. So that's not my style. I just, it's hard to see a team, you know, gain ground only only to have these self-inflicting wounds or have these just really crazy turnovers at moments that we do not need them and basically cost us the game and to see it happen consistently over the whole course of this week is frustrating and so i just am hoping that we can sponsor the show with a string of one or two wins that's all i'm asking this year santa that's all sourdough sam that's all i'm asking for sourdough give me give me two wins give 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 little rudy two wins that's all he's asking for out of life is that too hard to ask for before we get started, you can find us online at youtube.com slash thegoldcast and facebook.com slash thegoldcast and Instagram instagram.com slash thegoldcast and twitter.com slash thegoldcast underscore thegoldcast underscore. You can like, subscribe, follow us there. Post a comment on YouTube. We'll respond. We like to respond. A lot of people respond on YouTube. That's generally where people seem to gravitate towards and we're okay with that. Like follow, subscribe, join the movement. Welcome to the Goldcast. All right, we have a brand new 49er faithful fan making his debut on the Goldcast. He's never been on the show before. I'm really excited. He's a longtime dear friend. Can't wait for you guys to hear him. He's a great guy. Diehard Niners fan from San Francisco. He's a native like us. And if you're not a native, that's okay. We'll take you. But before we get started, of course, as always, the Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me for the first time ever, making his debut on the Gold Cast, one of the most diehard 49er faithful fans I know. I'm so excited. My good friend, David Nichols Jr. Say hello to the Goldcast, buddy. Hey, everybody. Hey, Rudy. How's it going? Good, man. Welcome to the Goldcast. This is your first time here. This is awesome. Uh, for the fans at home who don't know you, David Nichols and I have known each other for a long time. We uh, we went to school together here. He's a fellow actor, director, excellent, excellent uh, writer, good guy, good guy. We live together. One of the few diehard fans from L.A. and actually... The first person I ever met here in L.A. Yeah, that was cool at school. Uh, you came into the office and I was uh, excited to meet someone else from San Francisco being in L.A. Uh, not that many people. And then when you meet someone, you just instantly feel connection to them when they're also from San Francisco. 100%. Yeah, so let's get into this. I'm glad you're on the Goldcast. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, first of all... Let's just kind of, I want to just kind of hear your overall thoughts on the field, uh, overall on this season. This is obviously 
Not the season that we anticipated. Jimmy G goes down two weeks ago, sends the entire team in a tailspin. I mean, we've had a slew of injuries, but I want to get your thoughts on feelings from week one to now, and then we'll get into this week's game. But first, just give me, let's, I just want you to catch me up to speed on how you feel about the season from beginning to now. What, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about what, 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 do, what do you expect for going on for the rest of the season? Just break me down. Walk me through the last five weeks for you, David. Yeah, so like you said, it's uh, been a little bit unexpected for us. We kind of went into this season with Jimmy G and uh, Goodwin and uh, Jarek McKinnon thinking, all right, this is going to be rad. We're going to definitely compete for the division at least. And then, of course, McKinnon goes down before the season starts. Jimmy G just went down. Goodwin had a little bit of a uh, – really had injuries the entire year. Um it's been a little bit frustrating, but also all the rest of the pieces now get to the way I look at it is everyone else gets to get more playing time and more experience. And that's only going to be better for us in the future because when they get more game time, more game experience, when they play for the rest of the season and next year, when we have, uh, some of these players back, not that we're going to have all of the injuries back on our team, but once we have Jimmy G back and uh, Goodwin's full speed, I think it's just going to help. So would you say this? Would you say that in general, you? so I'm guessing by the tone of your voice and by your saying, you're a little bit more on the optimistic side. Is that true? I'm optimistic for the future, but not for this season. For this season, I think without Jimmy G, it's a little disheartening for me to say it, but I just really was, I was, had so much emotional life invested in Jimmy G and then him going down kind of made it to where I just, I'm not sure what's going to happen this season, but for the future, once he heals, I think once he heals and next season comes around, I am still optimistic for it. Yeah. I'm still optimistic as well. And I think you really you really hit the the nail on the head right now is that the emotional investment of the 49er faithful was undeniable this year. We were just so emotionally invested in what we believed Jimmy G could bring for us, what we believed he could bring to the team, what he'd already delivered in the first five games uh, or his first five games, his first five starts last year. And it really just kind of ripped our hearts out and it pulled the rug from underneath us. I don't think anyone was expecting it. It was my biggest fear, but I do have to admit, while it was my biggest fear, it was something I just, I thought we were going to be able to avoid. You know, I thought, I was like, it's not going to happen. It's my biggest fear. It's the number one thing that can derail this season is Jimmy G going down, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to the Niners. It's not, it's not, it's this is the beginning of our, our new era it's the beginning of our new run this is our new run it starts this year and it's not going to happen and then it fucking did (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about today's game this i just gotta drop drop a couple stats because this this to me uh is i it just i find it dumbfounding is that rosen josh rosen throws for 170 yards only one touchdown. Bethard, 349 yards, two touchdowns, and the score is 28-18 in favor of the Cardinals. I mean, just how crazy is that? Like the, the defense 
The defense won this game, and despite those two touchdowns, he also threw two interceptions, sack fumble, fumble recovery for a touchdown. I mean, it was a... Beathard's putting up good numbers, but there just isn't enough here to win. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. He put up the good good enough numbers, but something's missing. I don't, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I don't want to say it's just Jimmy G had that spark that like something special that everyone could see in him, which is why everyone is excited. But it's just, I think the whole team feels the way the fans feel about Jimmy G going down. So it's made the entire team kind of deflate a little bit as well as not just the fans, but the players as well. Well, yeah. And then part of the problem, just on a technical level, you've got CJ Beathard out there and he, I mean, he, that, 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 that strip sack was so costly. The interceptions were so costly and he's got heart, he has the drive, but C.J. Beathard at, at his absolute best is pretty much a, a backup quarterback. I don't really think he has what it takes to go beyond that. He can get you through a game or two, but to entrust the entire season to him, unfortunately, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have that ability in him at all, and it just it sucks. I mean, at least right now. I'm not saying it's going to be like that forever, but at this point in his career, he isn't capable of carrying this team for, an, for all four quarters, he's not capable of taking this this team all the way through to a win. And I think we have a lot of evidence from last season and this season. He's putting up great numbers. I think he's a great fantasy quarterback. I think he's, he's fantastic. You want to put him on your fantasy team if you're in if you're in a league that's uh, stretched pretty thin and you need you need somebody to put up yards and numbers. I think Beathard isn't a bad option. But as far as real life football, he just doesn't have not even the intangibles but the tangibles. I mean, he does he's not fully seeing the field. He's not always protecting that ball. He's not he's not completely aware of what's happening in that pocket when it's breaking down and it broke down a lot this the today. I mean, there was some there's a lot of great moments with our offensive line, but some key key plays. The offensive line just let it go and really took down and and those sacks really costed us and it just was really frustrating to see. And I just, I, I mean, I think that's it. I think that, that that pretty much sums it up. There's Other than he's a backup quarterback, and that's about it. He can't really do more than fill in for you. You can't really put the game on his shoulders um, at this point. And it doesn't help that you've got Goodwin in and out. You had Garcon in and out of the game. You have Goodwin, you know, in and out for the season. Like you were saying, Jarek McKinnon, go, McKinnon going down. We don't have all the weapons at top at top speed at top notch the way we need them to be and i think it just compounds on itself and if i could talk about that for a little bit what about the injuries remember john lynch fired our strength and conditioning coach last year and it just seems like every 20 minutes someone in the niners goes down i mean is this just, is, is this just in my head or are you seeing this too no i've definitely noticed i don't know way more injuries than i've noticed on other teams mainly i only pay attention to the people i have on my fantasy team they're all on other teams i only have a couple 49ers on my team i haven't seen as many hamstring and like little not hamstrings not a little injury but it's not a hammered on the field injury it's a i cut wrong and then now my hamstring isn't working right i feel like we have way more of those than i've noticed in the past i don't know if it's i'm just noticing them now because of what happened last season with the firing. I don't know. It's been strange. I've noticed that too. Well, and I feel like this has been a trend that's been going on since 2014. 2014, the year after we lost the NFC Championship to the Seattle Seahawks, Harbaugh's last year, that season, the Niners had just an in 
incredible amount of injuries. I think we were the most injured team in the league that year. If we weren't in the most, we were definitely in like the top three. It was insane, the amount of injuries. And every subsequent year, it has just been this just gashing of the of the team, gashing of the starters. And finally, when Lynch and Shanahan came on, on board last year, what was the first thing he did? One of the first moves John Lynch did was he fired the strength and conditioning coach. And I was all for it. Thank God. Awesome. Let's go. Bye-bye. But unfortunately, it didn't really lead to a whole lot this year. We looked the same. It's like the fourth straight year. It's like every 20 minutes, someone goes down, has to be taken out of the game. And I don't know if they're coming back. And, that, you know, sometimes they come back in 20 minutes later. Sometimes they don't come back into the game at all. And it's just, it is so, I often, you know what I feel like? This is what I feel like, David. Tell me what you think about this. I sometimes feel like that the Niners, they, when your team's winning, and this is like the psychological side. This is like the body language to me. It, you know, this is, I, I don't have, I don't have a ton of proof of this, but I feel like when you're winning, your players will fight through pain in a way they won't when you're losing. You know, they will fight through the pain to stay on the field, to get the team to the W. But when your team is losing and your team doesn't have hope or they're starting to lose faith in themselves as a unit to succeed, those injuries just compound and they just compound and guys succumb to things that maybe they would fight through if the team was doing better. What do you think about that? Oh, 100%. I think that's just human nature. Uh, even the how, even with how much of elite athletes they are, they can't help the fact that they're human and no one likes to lose, especially when you're that competitive and you took that much time and effort to get to that level. Like from a psychological standpoint? Is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to be said for it. And I don't want to be misconstrued as saying that what I think that the Niners are being soft or that I think that they're, you know, succumbing. I think it's subconscious. I don't I think it it's um I don't think it's a conscious thing. I don't think it's a conscious effort. I think every single player wants to be out there one hundred percent of the time. I just think sometimes that when it's when it's when you're on a sinking ship um, it's it's only natural that you're going to jump out and head the waters and you're going to jump off the ship. And I think a little bit of that happens sometimes psychologically to athletes when their team isn't doing that well. So I don't want the Gold Cast Nation or 49er Faithful to think that I'm like saying that the team is soft or saying that the team is, you know, that these guys aren't fighting because I do believe 100% they're fighting with everything they have. I just also think there is a psychological effect to losing. And it it, it I think that it... Um, I think like you were kind of like saying, it just piles on and it piles on to you as an athlete. You know, it's just, it's, it's frustrating to see a 49er team that's in the fight for oftentimes three to three and a half quarters. And then they just cannot close the deal. And I saw this two weeks in a row here. And I don't know if you remember, but the first five games last year, we lost five games in a row by three points or less, and we're the first team to ever do that. What did that stat mean? Absolutely nothing. But the fact is, is this is it happened, and this year I feel like it's the same thing again. Where we're in the fight, we're 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 in the hunt. We have the talent, but you know they just can't put all the pieces together. And there's this uh, hilarious GIF of Kyle Shanahan that I saw it on Twitter today. There was this hilarious GIF on uh, where Shanahan is saying mother. Fuck, he's like mouthing it hell aloud to the ground, and uh, some guy on Twitter was like, "How uh, even Kyle feels the way 49ers fan fans feel, or something like that," was what the guy had said. But I think that's that's I really do think that sums us up pretty well right now. Kyle Shanahan <laughs> just looking at the ground and going, "Mother fuck," because that's just what it's like, man. It's so frustrating right now. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I haven't seen that gif, but yeah, it pretty much sums it up. I also don't think that they're consciously, um, I think they're trying their hardest. They're total professionals. They're amazing athletes at the highest level. Uh, that gif that you described is the best. I'll have to go check it out. Yeah, I'll show it to you on Twitter. Actually, if, uh, everyone on the Goldcast Nation, I'll put it up on, uh, I'll retweet it so that everyone can see it and you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about, at Rudy Solis. Uh, 3RD, Rudy Solis third. I'll retweet it up on there. Yeah, the numbers are there, man. It's just frustrating. Uh, let's move over across the pond down here to SoCal. I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel about these goddamn Los Angeles Rams? <laughs> uh, uh, so it's uh, another very frustrating thing for San Francisco sports fans, which I know all of you also feel, is when they do good, it's almost worse than having the 49ers do bad. It's just been really tough, especially with our mutual friend who's also been on the podcast, Louie, being such a diehard Rams fan and me and you getting text messages <laughs> yes. from him nonstop when they're doing well. It's been kind of frustrating. That's why I gravitate so much whenever I hear someone's from San Francisco. I'm just like, oh, my God, you too? Oh, okay. Can we talk shit about the Rams and Dodgers really quick? <laughs> I know I've never met you, but let's just talk for two seconds so that I can feel better about my life. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The bandwagoners are out in full effect. Full effect right now. I'll tell you something. Last year, so last year, uh, Louie and I go New Year's Day. We go to the final game, uh, 49ers at Rams down here, SF at L.A., and we're at the game. And before, well, before we go to the game, we're, ha- we're at a brunch. And Louis Dewey tells me, he goes, man, look, I'm just going to prepare you, bro. I'm going to have to protect you, bro. Because, like, you know, I'm just saying, bro. Like, I'm going to have to protect you. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of Rams fans there. And blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and I'm like, hey, you're right. You're right. I, you know, I'm I'm prepared for this. I know it's going to be a sea of LA Rams. It's just going to be blue and yellow and white everywhere. And we show up, David, I don't know if I told you about this. We showed up and the ratio of Niner fan to Rams fan was three to one. It was a sea of red and gold everywhere, everywhere. And I mean, it was to the point that when we were lined up when we were lined up for, uh, when we when when Rams were in the they were in the red zone, they were trying to score. The announcer on the stadium said, uh, "Whose house is this?" The whole stadium yet Niners. Then they started a <laughs> defense chant while the Rams were on offense trying to score. Louis looked at me. He shook his head. He was so upset he couldn't believe it. And this year, this year they are. They're here in full effect, man. They are just all the way out in full effect. The bandwagoners have have risen. They have come out, and now that team, you know, can do no wrong. And it definitely is is extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. It's also sometimes a bit of an emotional roller coaster because I have a bunch of those guys on my fantasy teams. Do you have them? On, do, you have, do you have any of those guys on your fantasy teams? Do you have any of them? Uh, I do not. I should because I I used to have a no Cowboys, no Rams rule for my fantasy teams because I just couldn't bear to root for them uh, personally. I'm like, even if it's just one guy doing good, 
But then the year that I won our fantasy league, uh, Le'Veon Bell's second year when I got him in like the third round and no one knew about him yet, uh, I got pretty lucky with that. Um, I also traded for Des Bryant and broke my cowboy rule. And that's one of the years that he went off for like 15 touchdowns. And that's why I won the league, basically, because of those two players. So I should break that rule because so many of the Rams are so good at fantasy. Um, But I have not this year. Well, that's good. And I'm telling you right now, you dodged a bullet because this year it is emotionally, it is such a roller coaster. I have... I have Jared Goff in both my leagues. I have the Rams D, and then I have Cooks in one league, Cup in the other. So I've got a whole, I mean, I'm, I'm all deep in it. And when they succeed, it is this, you know what, my rules, here's my rule. And I, I want to hear from the Goldcast, what's your fantasy rule? Who's the NFC West team? Uh, if, do you have any, any NFC West teams that you refuse to put on your fantasy? Mine, mine is the Seahawks. So this year, as you remember, at our draft, David and I are in the same league. And at our draft, I had the opportunity to take either Cam Newton or Russell Wilson. And I took Cam Newton because I said, I just refuse. I refuse to put a Seattle Seahawk on my team. I don't give a shit how good he is. I'm not putting him on. I don't care if he's the third-ranked quarterback. He is not going on my team. And that's how I've always felt about the Seahawks. I've been really aggressive about that. But the Rams, uh, I had Cup last year, and so I got him this year. And then I just... I threw his quarterback and then his quarterback, you know, Goff's been balling in fantasy. His numbers have been ridiculous lately. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'll just put him in. I'll, I'll draft him. I'll gr- pull him up in both my leagues. Cause I didn't get him in my initial draft. Um, I just had cam, but having them, having, having a Rams player on your fantasy team is so frustrating because you want them to succeed because you want your team to win, but you don't want their team to, to win you want your team to win you don't want their team to win and of course as we mentioned every single time one of them scores i get to hear it from louie about how well they're doing hey cooper cup brandon cooks robert woods <laughs> i'm just like oh my god all right so we uh it was a frustrating game but nevertheless David and I, as most of the Goldcast Nation, as the 49er faithful, as many of our hosts are, we are diehard Niner fans. And we watch every week. We don't walk away. We don't we don't back down from what is a rough season. So having said that, I want to look a little bit ahead to next week. And let's start with the Vegas line. So this is something that we like to do on here, David, which I know you've heard from previous podcasts. We're just going to guess the spread. So I'm going to ask you just over the top, off of, off the top of your head, what do you think, if you were to take a guess, what do you think is going to be be the spread between the Packers and the 49ers? It's San Francisco at Green Bay. Take a guess. What do you think the spread is? Hmm. At, at Green Bay? At Green Bay. Let's see. Over under, I'd say maybe nine. Like, I think it'd probably be they have the Packers winning by nine. You got that right on the money. Really? (laughs) Yeah, right on the money. It's Packers by nine. That's extremely impressive. Well done, sir. That's crazy. Yeah, that's it. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking at all. It's 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 Green Bay by nine, Green Bay by nine now. But here's a question: Green Bay is pretty hobbled up too. 
So here's the question, David. Do you take that bet? I would definitely take the under. And if Green Bay wins, they're going to win by less than nine, I think. Because Green Bay has been struggling. I have Rodgers in, in my other fantasy league, uh, my Yahoo league. And uh, I also have Mahomes in that league. And I've been starting Mahomes all season because Rodgers isn't just... He's Rodgers, but he's injured, so you just don't know whether it's going to be 15 fantasy points from him or like today where he went off during the comeback. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that comeback that they had against the Lions today was definitely we're playing a division team and we're going to, you know, that division t- rivalry games are always so much more intense. So coming off of that from them, I don't think they're going to beat us by more than nine. I think it'll be less than that if they win, and maybe we'll pull out an upset. I'm I'm still hopeful for that kind of stuff. I know you remember when we were roommates. Uh, I used to be super optimistic, even when things were bad. We would like console each other. You would be the pessimistic side sometimes, and I'd be the optimistic side sometimes. <laughs> and then when I got down and pessimistic you would flip around and be optimistic and cheer me up about it. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's how I feel about this game. I really do feel that the uh, – I feel like there's a path to victory. Now, will the 49ers follow the path to victory? I'm not sure. I know Kyle Shanahan's going to do his damnedest to make it happen. And I know that C.J. Beathard is actually going to try his damnedest. It's just a matter of whether uh, the 49ers can stay – can make – as few mistakes as possible on the road to victory because oftentimes it is a lot of self-inflicting wounds and that's the thing that I'm most afraid about. That's the thing that I'm most concerned about. Not really concerned about the Green Bay Packers taking this game from us. More what I'm concerned about is the 49ers shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, I agree. 100%. It would definitely be a shooting themselves in the foot thing and also we just need to see how Breida progresses this week because, you know, he left in the boot. Uh, He had a good game. Had that receiving touchdown, which is good for me because I have him in fantasy. Um, but let's just hope that he's not too injured either. Let's hope because uh, I love Alfred Morris, but his time as an every down running back is, you know, in, in the rearview mirror. And, you know, it's just not the kind of stress you want to put on a guy like Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is really successful at this point in his career in spurts. And, you know, and every other down back. But then when, you know, when you have to put a whole game on him, I just don't know how long he can last at that kind of level anymore. Oh, I agree. Plus, uh, Brita brings that pass catching ability that he's so good at that helps Beathard a lot because, you know, pocket breaks down. He needs somewhere to throw it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will see. Thank, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome to the Goldcast. It's great to have you on. Before we leave, would you like to know, let everyone know where they can find you? Anything, anything, anything you want to promote? Anything got going? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Rudy. Thank you guys for having me, Rudy. And thank you, Goldcast. I'm excited to hopefully be on more in the future. It's been really fun. Hopefully next time I'm on, we have a win that we can talk about. So I'm at underscore david nichols jr and that's nichols n-i-c-h-o-l-s and then j-r for jr and that's on twitter and instagram and i don't have anything promoting right now did write and direct a short film that did the film festival circuit that you can see on the twitter the twitter because i'm 55 years old (laughs) (laughs) it's on uh i think it's in my bio nice awesome all right and you can find me on instagram at rudy solis 3 and twitter at 
Rudy Solis 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me, making his debut, is David Nichols Jr. Thank you so much for being on the show, buddy. Oh, man, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Boom! We'll see you next time, Gold Cast. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.